Uh, season four, episode six of the Rap Writers Show, where writers talk about rappers, aka the show no one asked for. Season finale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, uh, Eric, and I'm here with Reed, Manny, and our special guest. What's happening, y'all? Jermaine Hall. Hey. hey. Welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Appreciate, it. Appreciate it. Oh, big, big, big things. <laughs> Production value. Uh, so we're recording this on December 20th, with his, which is uh, Comeback Jack Day. Um, it's the day that, um, you know, the podfather uh, passed. Yes. Um, Jermaine, have you ever met uh, Reggie? Yeah, met Combat um, several times. Had several deep, deep conversations. Um, always schooled me to more of the business side of the game. Um, so always, always appreciated the conversations with them. Yes. Yeah, yes, man. Yes, yes. He's the, uh, he's the Forever. podfather, man. Forever legend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, what else is new, guys? <laughs> uh, it's cold as shit in New York, I'll tell you that. Uh, freezing. It's freezing. You know when it's cold when you walk outside and then, like, the streets are, like, the ashy? That's why I'm like, okay, it's like definitely below 30 right now. Let me let me bundle up. It's the squall. Yeah. <laughs> Who I had to look that up. I had no idea what that was. I was like, that was I'm, crazy. Yeah. Everybody in our office was like, yo, it's the squall. I was like, yo, what's happening? Like, I don't even know what that means. Like, no idea. 20 years ago, like 20 minutes ago, y'all wasn't talking about this. Like, what happened? Exactly. I yeah. It looked like the thing that introduces the White Walkers, and you know, like how the storm, the snow goes crazy right before they show up. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> I was happy that Jim Jones like. dropped the weather update. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, this this is the only blessing with the cold is I get to see Jim Jones go back with the weather. <laughs> <laughs> I Yo, I that. need another, I need another weather update for sure, man. <laughs> Yo, somebody needs to pick that up and make that like an actual show. One thousand percent. Who's going to do that? It's gold. It's, it's funny as hell. Was he outside? Again? Yeah, he he's did, outside he did it on his like robe. Her yeah. coat. <laughs> just definitely watch it. It's not as good as the first one, but it's still, it's it's Jim Jones. It's always solid. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, the Dave East, what we were watching today on the text thread. The Dave East. Oh, yeah. Uh, when he was going through each filter on Instagram. High as hell. High as hell. And it's just going through each one. And he's just like commentarying. Uh, doing commentary on each one it's ridiculous <laughs> uh so for the listener uh me and jermaine kind of go way back a little yes. bit um i was his intern at vibe and i used to work for you at vet as a uh you know uh, a low-ranking <laughs> foot soldier <laughs> he was a sniper though <laughs> sniper. Um, but you know if, uh, for people who don't know um you know, you've held all these leadership roles everywhere from XXL uh, to King, uh, Vibe, Editor-in-Chief, and, and BET, correct? Yeah. And then um, and then this new situation now, um, Level. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been around. been around for a minute. You've been around for a minute. Yeah, I've um, seen a lot of things. <laughs> uh, I want to I talk about King, though, because that's sort of like a, a you know, a legendary magazine uh, among, you know, hip-hop fans. Um in particular, the Kim Kardashian cover. I, I think it was. The, <laughs> I think that one was like uh, pretty iconic for you guys because it was like the first. You actually did it first. Yeah. To put her on a cover, right? So, um, I love I love talking about that cover because um, we got we got such hate about that cover when when we did it mm-hmm. um, from the from the King readers. <clears throat> like you know that's it's like back in the day when like we still used to get like crazy like snail mail mm-hmm. and like. You know, interns used to go and like read it, 
come and give it to us. And for that particular issue, I would say like 75 percent of the mail was like all hate. Why did y'all why did y'all do this cover? This is terrible. This is not what King represents. And we were like, mm, all right, we'll wait. We'll wait on that. Mm-hmm. We'll wait on that. See, see, see if that changes. But you know, I remember like being being on set. Like Chris was Chris was so accommodating, and you know, I remember there was like we were just we were trying to get there was like one angle that we were trying to get for the <laughs> <I can't laughs> for the guess. shoot, and and like Chris, like Chris was just she was like she was so hip to it she was just like nah be like that's that's not happening mm. y'all not y'all are not getting like I know the shot y'all trying to get <laughs> y'all are not getting that shot. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. But she was a she was a beautiful soul. The interview was dope. I thought, but yeah, the the King readers were not very appreciative about that cover. Mm. But you sort of uh, set the, the the tone and the trend for putting Kim Kardashian in, on covers because I think the next one she did was like a complex cover, and then like from there she kind of just now she's just like this fashion icon on covers. Mm-hmm. It's kind of yeah. it's kind of crazy. Um, and then the Tyra Banks cover that's the one that was sold the most. Um, no, the so the the best selling King cover was actually free. Mm. Oh, free, okay. Yeah, that was a classic cover. I definitely had that on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't even um like it wasn't even close. Like it was it was like free, and then it was like everybody else. Mm. Like I think the closest one to free might have been might have been that that Maya cover mm. was second. Yeah, second high selling. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, free like just blew blew the doors off because it was it was someone that that people had been asking for and we had been chasing her for such a long time and she had been telling us no 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 for such a long time <clears throat> and I believe that was that was like a September cover which was like I mean you know as you guys know it's like the main the main cover for like for magazines the biggest issue yeah and yeah she she finally decided to to um to get in there and and let us shoot. This right. is free from 106 in Park. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then after that, didn't she like, she quit or something, right? Like she's not. A... Yeah, I don't like, I don't know. I don't know what Free's doing now, <coughs> no. actually. <laughs> no, but like during that time, to. like when you put her on the cover, she like quit or something? Did she like leave 106 in Park after that? I don't, I don't know if she, if she left exactly after that. I can't, I can't remember if she left exactly after that. But yeah, I, I know the run, the run was definitely coming. Okay. Coming to an end. Like Roxy, yeah. Roxy and Terrence was, um. Yeah. Coming through. That was an interesting period. <laughs> <laughs> you, had that on, you had that on your wall, though? If, I had, I had, what covers I had wrong? I definitely had Free, definitely had Maya, uh, Rose, Rosa Acosta. Oh, fire. Like, I was in love <laughs> with her. Uh, Same. Trying to think of who else. I had yeah. a bunch. You know, there, there was a, another, another big one. She was top five. She was either, she was either four or five. Um, was Stacy Dash? Oh, oh yes, yes, yes. Shout out to Stacy Dash. And we we yeah. look we look back on that cover and like we always look at the answers that she she gave for her interview and look at the person that she is now. Right, and we're just like, wow, what happened? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, so the answers are they're different than kind of the person. Yeah, it's is, definitely but, it's yeah. it's not it's definitely not the person that she is right now. Mm. Two yeah. human beings. um one thing that uh i I heard that you were talking about during your days as a intern at vibe is that you transcribed an interview by Aaliyah. yeah that's crazy um i feel like that was 
that was like week, so either like week one or or week two. Um, one of the um, um, assistant, no, no, it wasn't even an assistant. It was an editorial assistant. She gave me, um, she gave me, she gave me the tape, and she was like, "Hey, this is your job for the day." And I was like, "Wow, that's that's insane." So I listened, listened to the entire interview, transcribed it. It was beautiful. Like I could, I could transcribe interviews all day if I <laughs> if I had to. Like I, yeah. I had, I had no problem with that. Like that was the gig. Like it was like transcribing interviews and like going through like newspaper clips. Yes. And going to the photocopy machine and photocopying the the stories that that you felt were relevant to vibe. Uh, paper clipping them and then going to like the the different top editors and like <clears throat> dropping it on on their desk just so they were they were in the know on what was going on mm-hmm. yeah and that was like that was the gig yeah different yeah. era man yeah <laughs> I think one thing I'm curious about is like um as a writer I think it's interesting when you're I guess progressing when you go from intern to staff to editor um how does that work in your mind? Was that is there a plan? Is there just like this is where I need to be? So this is where you know your end goal. So just like all right, like how do you become an editor in chief essentially? Uh, man, that's a that's a great question. Uh, so for for me, when I was when I was interning, when I was interning at um at a uh, vibe, like really, I was just I was just my. My hustle was to was to figure out how can I how can I stay in this place because the 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 rule was you could only intern one semester mm. and then and then you had and then you had to leave. So I was like, yo, how can I how can I find a loophole? Like what's the what's the loophole that'll keep me here for like another another semester? Mm-hmm. Um so I went down to um back then they called it they called it um new media, but it was it was the digital department. Um, and Larry Hester, Black Spot, was running it. OG man at the time, yeah. And Larry was like, "Yo, come on through, man." So boom, got me another semester. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was really able to see how things worked. You know, like what does assist, what does an assistant editor do? Like what does an associate editor do? What does a features editor do? What does a senior editor do? Um, what does it mean to be an executive editor? <clears throat> um, and obviously, like I think Alan Light was ed- editor in chief at the time, and like, what what does Alan do exactly? Like, what right. exactly is his is his gig? So I think you know I, I I got a chance to to really process process all of that um, really quickly, mm. um, and then just figure out like, all right, cool, how can I how can I climb 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 the chain, and not and not necessarily at at at, at vibe because it's not like. I spent my whole career there and went from like intern yep. to to editor in chief. But you know, I moved around um, and eventually came back and 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 got the top spot. Yeah, you're a yeah. prodigy. <laughs> <laughs> Start from the bottom. Yeah, uh, that's your favorite era, though, right? Of vibe, the uh, Alan Light's era. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think Alan's I think Alan's era and I think Danielle's era are like um, peak vibe to mm. me me um because they were they were running they were running the mag <clears throat> one day they were running running the mag um when i think hip-hop was really catching catching fire and and just about to go just about to go main mainstream you know 
Alan was covering the period where the East East Coast West Coast world was like on fire. He also co- he also covered the the period where Death Row was on was on fire. Um, so he had he just had a lot of material mm-hmm. to work with, um, and I think he he also had he also had like one of the one of the strongest teams that I've that I've ever seen. You know, when you go back, you go back and and, and look at it. You know, Rob Kenner was his features was his features editor. Um, I think Danielle might have been his music editor. Uh, Carter Harris was his executive editor. Karen Good was like his. Um, I think she was his um, assistant editor. It was just like it was just a squad of snipers, like mm. just savages, a squad mm. of straight savages. Um, and then by the time by the time Danielle got the top the, the top spot, she did the same thing. Like she recruited like a bunch of just amazing amazing editors, and she like she was she was running it at a time where where Puff Jay Cash Money, <clears throat> where all that all that was happening. No no limit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think. She was able to really create some amazing music stories, but she was also she also had the 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 right staff the the right staff to cover the culture as a as a as a whole. So mm-hmm. so she had she had the entire package. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but your era was um, 2009 to 2014. Yeah, and you were brought on to do what? Like re re transform it, right? Or yeah. So um, so when I when when I was first contacted. Um, they were like, "Hey, so we're you know we we're, we want to bring five back," and I was like, "Oh, that's dope!" Like completely in it, com- complete completely into it. Um, but here's 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 what I think. I think if you guys want to bring the bring the brand back, I think you guys should have digital mm. be the flagship, and really have the magazine be <clears throat> more of a more of a marketing tool, mm. right? So. Instead of thinking about doing ten like ten issues a year, like don't even don't even worry about that. Like mm-hmm. do like do like six issues, mm-hmm. but really hyper focus on on um, digital. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a lot of back and forth, but you know, like I think we we did finally land in that in that place, um, and I think we were able to do some good things. Yeah, what was yeah. sort of your favorite moments that you you'd like from that? Um, I, I mean the 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 thing that I that I love and it goes it it's funny because it's 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 actually it's attached to the magazine but it I think it it speaks to it speaks to how everybody on on that staff was able to really predict far out things that were that that, that were happening um we ended up splitting that first cover um Chris Brown. It was Chris Brown Drake split, mm. and oh, wow. and I remember when we when we first brought that up, um, in the meeting, people were just like, "Yo, that is the stupidest shit ever. Like, why would you, <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you split your comeback cover, Chris Brown with anybody? Like, he hasn't spoken in like, um, he hasn't spoken at all. First of all, like since the Rihanna si- situation." Mm. He's giving you guys the story, and you want to split it with who? Aubrey, some kid, with, <laughs> some kid from Canada. <laughs> and yeah, we were like, yeah, so far going is amazing. This yeah. like this kid is the truth. 
And um, I think, what do we put on his, his shirt? There was a tagline on his shirt. I can't remember what it, what it was. Um, but yeah, but we just, we just really believed that dude had next. Mm. Um, and we did the split. I think um, one thing I always hear. Oh, are you still down? And then Drake was unstoppable. Unstoppable. Mm. Mm. Unstoppable. I think one of the consistent things I always hear from writers who work with you is that your your mentorship is bar none. It's one of the best. Like they've there's writers who like no matter what they they go they go to war for you. And I think that's really interesting because in a day where I guess having a mentor and having someone who can edit you and like really kind of teach you and mold you as a as a young writer um that's that that doesn't happen as often and so i want to ask you the importance of why is that was important for you to kind of just like nurture talent when they're there and also to um to 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 you know yeah to nurture talent when it's there uh, i mean it was it was what was it was what was done for me when i was coming up mm-hmm. um so i knew no other way uh, but 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 also and you know and and, and shout out to to Eric Parker at at the source who mm-hmm. who I can I consider could consider a mentor. Um, I feel like he took he took a lot of risks <clears throat> with with me when I when I got to the source. You know I, this is this is a funny story. Like when I <laughs> when I when I um, interviewed for that job at the source, like I showed up in a suit and. <laughs> and <laughs> And if you know how the source was like, back in the days, like they was just like, "Yo, what? Are, what is he doing? This is this is awful." Um, and Aaliyah, Aaliyah King was the one who had recommended me for the job. Okay. And um, she called me like right after the interview. She was like, "Yo, why'd you wear that suit?" <laughs> I was like, "I was like, yo, I, it was a job interview. Like, yeah. I, like I don't know. Like, I thought I was supposed to show up in, in that suit." She was like, "Yo, man, park." Parker almost didn't hire you because you wore that suit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, I'm I'm di- I'm I'm di- digressing. Um, Parker, like Parker, took a lot of um a lot of chances. Like he let me do that 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 puff cover after he beat after he beat that that Sean case. Mm. Um, you know, I was new, snotty kid. He was like, "Yo, I I think this kid could do it. I think he has the knowledge. I think he really knows who Puff is. Um, just let him rock." Mm. Um. And I really appreciate that. And that's what I, you know, that's what I try to do with with anybody that that is on that is on 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 my team. Um, you know, of course I'm gonna give them the editing knowledge that I that I have. So um the actual the actual skill of editing and writing. Um but I think but I think what's what's as important, if not if not more important, is just 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 providing Providing coverage for everybody so that they have the ability to really, to really grow. You know, giving them the runway that they need mm-hmm. to really grow into who they, who they are. How how, uh, how difficult has that gotten? As as like time has diminished, money has diminished, the state of journalism has changed. How difficult has it been to kind of allow your writers to to make mistakes in this this era of media? Uh, I mean, I I try to, I try to, you know what I I try to keep the same mantra no matter no matter where where I am. Um, and for the most like for the most part, it's 
it it's worked whether it's been by BT, um, you know, specifically a level, definitely a level. Yeah, like levels, just another another animal. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I I just like I try to keep that same mantra. No no matter what's going on in the space, I try to keep things um, the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're just like a really even just like looking at those staffs vibe bt and where you're at now like you're able to curate talent very well you know like from at vibe you know you had the the squad of like tracy g and adele daytuan clover mikey and then at bt you had rondell you had taj uh you had me (laughs) (laughs) a talent and and then (laughs) level you know you have peter rubin um you have uh jada and you know just a bunch of you know you're building a, a really strong squad yeah, I'm a, I'm super excited about that that squad as I like as I as I build it. Um, Peter is someone who who I thought would extre- was extremely talented. I didn't get a chance to like we worked we worked for a little bit at King before he went to Complex, um, but not for too too long. But I've always um, admired his his skill, like his ability to actually teach um, teach people how to line edit. Like his his line edit game is just insane. Super, super insane. Um, so I'm happy to have him on on the team. Jada, Jada was killing it as as at, at, at Bustle. Um, I'm glad she came and and joined the squad. Um, Tarhaka is is um yeah yeah. So I've seen his violin on MTV a lot. Yeah, dude is like, dude's gonna be a voice. Like he's gonna be a serious voice for the culture. And um, yeah, and we have a senior editor um that will announce. At the top of the year, nice. Um, um, I'm very happy about. Nice. So yeah, we can we can get into level. Um, man, if you want to bring bring us into it. Yes, <clears throat> yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, this is something. So backstory. I've always been saying, um, just me being a black man who's thirty, that there's not anything that kind of voices or just that just hones in on what we go through on a day-to-day basis or just our outlook or just any type of voice. This this is really anything. So when I saw Levels get launched, I was like, holy shit. Finally, there's something kind of catering towards just specifically black and brown men of in their late twenty in their late twenties to early thirties. Just something just that's because that to me that's just an interesting period where like, look, we went through our twenties we fumbled, we got up, and we're here, and we learned a shit ton, and now we have a we're trying to set our foundation for the future, um, and how that all society all interacts with us, and so I just first question was um, I've noticed Medium has like trying to they're starting to do like original content because the first Medium was just like a a home base for artists not artists but writers who wants to just write. Or just like their interviews that they do for publications, they put stuff that get cut on Medium. But this Medium has really turned into like a voice of writers. And so, um, why do you think Medium is a good home base for levels? And then, what do you think the purpose of le- in your words, what is the purpose of levels for? Okay, cool. I'll I'll tackle I'll tackle the second one first. And then yes. I, then I'll come back to why um why Medium is the perfect place for it. Yep. Um, so, I mean, it's, I mean, it's pretty much what you, what you, what, what you said. Like, I, I always felt like, you know, 
black and brown men between the ages of 30, just 30 and, and up, like people, you know, so 30, 40, 50. Yeah. Like I feel like I, I always call this like, like the digital nomads. It's mm. like the, the group of group of men that no one, no one was hyper targeting. It's like, yeah, we would, we would sort of like, we'd have to jump from like destination to destination to destination. It's kind of like get the things that we, that we actually needed. Mm. <clears throat> um, versus versus black and black and brown women who actually have like specific destinations 100 um so so like the white space was incredible it, it was it was a it, it was a no-brainer a no-brainer for me and and the three for for me there was like there was three buckets of content that i think was was really critical to to the level mission um one was one was race and identity. Um, the second one was was culture, and then the the third was like this this thing that I just call life broadly broadly speaking. And like so within I'll I'll start with like so within life like what I what I really wanted to do was catch that like late twenty year old <clears throat> as they're like leaving that decade mm-hmm. and hitting thirty, and make sure like I'm hitting them with content. Um, and get them start start to get them thinking about things like marriage because I know like those are things that that you start to think about and mm-hmm. like yeah. and like fatherhood like being being a father mm-hmm. and like having that first career job like like that that real gig that's gonna like mm-hmm. gonna be your gonna be your thing um, and coming into having disposable income for like the very first time. Mm-hmm. Like what do you like? What do you do with that? How do you have that cash make more money for you? So mm-hmm. start to talk to them about financial literacy, mm-hmm. um, and then also talk to them talk to them about sex. It's like if you can't look at sex the same way that you did in your twenties. So let's let's yeah, talk. You could. <laughs> you definitely could. You probably shouldn't, but, right. but yeah, but you could. Yeah, probably should. Um, but yeah, but like you know, let's like let's let's have a conversation about what what sex looks like in your, like in your thirties and mm. what sex looks like in your in your forties and what does a a healthy relationship look like in your in your thirties and your and your and, and your forties. And then the the other thing I really wanted to do in that bucket is like just just break down the 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 historical conversations that like that that men <clears throat> that. That men were having, and and the the example that I, that I give, it's like, it's like if I have like if I have a daughter who's fifteen, mm. and like and like you're my man, and you have a daughter who's like eleven, and you're about to take your daughter to go buy a training bra, right, mm. for like the first time, or like or or like a real bra for the first time, yeah, um, like you're you're never gonna have that conversation with me, like never, yep. Like, but you like you probably have that conversation with like another woman that's like within our circle. You probably talk to my wife about it, but like you and I, like we're never gonna talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I wanna, I wanna start start to start to help men have those kinds of yeah. those kinds of be, conversations. yeah be comfortable doing yeah that. yeah yeah because it definitely is an isolation where you're like there's a lot of times it's that especially this year since this year of thirty that I've done or went through things literally blind and like it's probably something that I could have got I could have um got ahead with if I just talked to someone or just read something or just 
got some type of advice, you know, like um, like just inference, like for instance, just like being in a relationship and what that actually does that entail, not just like um, all the 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 podcast that that talks about, hey, you gotta treat your woman like a queen and all that stuff. Like actually talking <laughs> about like like the real, like yeah, yeah like yeah. you messed up. How like what does that look like right. for you now? Like why did you even mess up? How does that affect what psychology does that come with? You know, just stuff like that, just simple stuff like that, and just different myriad of things, and just also being in being in America now as a black male in this in in 30s in his 30s like what how does all these things affect you like b- workplace advancing in the workplace and being one of the only faces in your 30s you know as a black male because i definitely feel like and god bless black women because they have been like killing it as far as like content support um advice just a, a just a vast amount of avenues where they, uh, someone can look and be like, I have a guideline. Right. I feel like black men, black men don't have that at all. Like barely. There's stuff, but it's not like there isn't anything like, uh, co- nothing like, like explicitly. I can be like, this is what I'm reading. It's for me. Um, so which is exciting for levels, essentially. Yeah. Long story short. Yeah, and like one of the things that you just, just touched on, which was like growing up, just like growing up in this in this country as a 30 year old black you know black man or or brown man like that's that's why that that race and identity bucket is like it's so it's so important to me like to it's 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 really the it's to me it's the most important bucket mm-hmm. yeah um because i because i feel like if we if we if we get it right like that's the bucket that will that will really give level its its face yeah um and, 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 you know, the, the way I landed on that was really just like, just, just looking at what, what the times was able to do with, with 1619. Yeah. Um, you, you, that, yeah. Exa- yeah. For that project. Yeah. Like I thought, I thought the, the overarching statement that was made um, essentially is that this country was built on the backs of black slaves, mm. <clears throat> which is amazingly powerful from, um, the newspaper of record. Yeah. Um, and even though they got a lot of blowback from it, they they stood by it, um, which was which was amazing. It was it was a, a lot of a lot of dense material, and I and, and mm-hmm. I, I think people are still actually consuming that material. Hundred percent. But I think there needs to be a place where people, specifically black and brown men, can come and have daily conversations. Yeah. About race in this country, and I and, and I think level, I think level is going to be that place. Yeah, you have a you have a good, you know, what do you call it? It's an idea. It's like it's bubbling. And it's yeah. going to get there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you have something cooking right now. Um, <laughs> I, I would. I definitely want to say I would make a note that undefeated is good, but it's most kind of sports related. So I would mm-hmm. I would point them out. But I, their levels definitely. I think just as a black man's place in society and how that evolves. How that is, I think it's super needed. I definitely want to ask though. Um, the second question was medium because I think that's a really interesting platform because they allow. It's just it's it's different. It's non traditional, and so um, I think why why did medium appeal to you? 
Um, so medium, it's funny when I when I walked into when I walked into to medium, one of the first things that I saw was um, I saw this T-shirt, right? Mm. And on on the back of the T-shirt, it said it said words it said words matter, right? And that's like that's what that's what medium is all about. Like they are about bringing <clears throat> the best stories written by the best writers. Um, to the platform, and and that's what that's what I felt I I really needed to make to make a level level win. Like I need like like I need I need the Kiseis, I need the Tanahasi Coast. Mm-hmm. Like I need I need those people to come and look at level and actually want to contribute. Um, and I think Medium has Medium has the cachet to get those to get those people over there. Nice. Um, they also, I mean, they, they also just, they just respect writers, man. Like they, yeah, they, they, do. they, they just pay writers like what they should be paid, <laughs> you know? That's fact. No, that's real. <laughs> you know, real talk. Like yeah. they just, they pay writers what they should be paid. Yeah. I mean, that's a good segue into, you know, the future of journalism in 2020. Like what's your take on that? The future of journalism in 2020. Wow. That's a, that's an open ended question. It's super open ended, <laughs> but yeah. you know. Yeah. Can you, can, can you skinny it for me? Uh, I guess just because, you know, we have so many different ways of consuming journalism, you know, we have the paywall content, then we have non-paywall content, we have, you know, Twitter threads, we have all these different ways, video content, Um, but there's still this, like, really um, loyal, dedicated group of people who still like to read good journalism, like, and the writing, all that stuff, so, um, you know how people always say, like, writing's gonna die out or whatever, but I don't necessarily think it will, you know, as long as there are people that are able to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just, I, just like keep it alive pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So I don't like, I don't think, I don't think reading is, is ever going to die out. It's just that the, the way that, the way that we, we read is going to continue to change. Like, you know, like to, to think that people are going to continue to, to read by going to like the magazine stand and like buying a magazine is like that, like that's a wrap. (laughs) Yeah. Fortunately, you know, that's not, that's not happening, but you know, but I, but I do think, I do think that what, and you know, what I, what, what I've seen is that people are starting to become very conditioned to reading these like longer form pieces, like on their phones. Um, And it's, and it's very comfortable where, where I think it, it wasn't before. Yeah. Yeah. To tie back to a question I had about level um, and to tie to this question, I guess like a lot of people say media is getting more niche, like as you close in more on a niche topic, a a certain demographic. I noticed when I was going through the site today, you had a piece um, by um, a gay man talking about kind of his torn feelings on Mayor Pete, the presidential campaign uh, candidate. and you also had a, a piece about James Baldwin um, that was related to Trump and stuff. And so I was curious, as a site um, aimed at men, how conscious were you of not making it um, like a certain kind of, you know, masculinity? Like you wanted a, a broad spectrum to, to reach all men as opposed to being kind of like a, a hyper-masculine or a certain, not even hyper, but just like a certain type of like kind of... Um, Burly you man. should be this way, dude. Right. Kind of sight. How conscious oh, were you it's in like it's in it's incredibly important, uh, and 
And the reason, you know, the reason you're seeing that kind of content early on in Level's existence and, and, and we'll continue to see that kind of content is, you know, we, we really, we really want to make the statement without having to make the statement and be very loud that, you know, this is, this place is, this place is not just for the heterosexual man. This place is for men, period. Mm -hmm. We are going to super serve men, period. Um, so yeah, we could transition into, uh, Something a little more fun. <laughs> no more drills. Uh, this stated drills. Yeah, <laughs> it is fun to talk about though. But um, you know, the best hip hop um, albums of the 2010s. Uh, this week, uh, Rap Caviar they they dropped like a list, I guess, and it was the best hip hop albums of the 2010s. They put number one, Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Number two, Kendrick Lamar, Good Kid, Mad City. Number three, Kendrick Lamar, Damn. Number four, Drake, mm. Nothing Was the Same. Number five, Rich or um, Rick Ross, Teflon Don. Number six, featured DS2. Seven, Travis Scott, Astral World. Eight, Nipsey Hustle, Victory Lap. Nine, w YG, My Crazy Life, and ten, Chance the Rapper, Acid Rap. Um, I feel like it's like based on streams, maybe, but <laughs> I don't know. It's like a kind of a wild list. Like what you know? Um, so just you know, what do you guys think? It's missing. Do you think it's accurate? It's interesting they put so they put damn ahead of pimp a butterfly. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I, when I was thinking about it, because there've been so, so many albums, I think Good Kid, Mad City was the one that stuck out in my mind. I think it was actually the last album I bought on CD too. Weirdly, I'd, oh wow, <laughs> I wow. yeah, I think in his discography, I think that's the album for yeah. me. That's like okay, this is perfect. Yeah, Man. I mean, uh, I mean, period too. Yeah. Like it was a decade. Like for for me, it's um, my beautiful duck twisted fantasy. Like yeah, yeah, like I, time. Like I, it's it's crazy. Like I, I actually own three CDs. Why? Like why? Why I have three? I don't even. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why I would even need to have three of those. But oh, you own three copies of Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And um, it's funny. Like, I, I was um, I was taking a taking a drive to like, uh, like uh, like local like hole in the wall diner this this past weekend, and and um, I put I put it on, and pulled up to the parking lot, and I like I just like I, I just sat there for like the duration of the entire album until it was done before I like went into the diner. Like I just it's, it's yeah. like it's that sticky to me to me. Yeah, yeah I think that I. That to me also is the best album. I would have put what's the name up there, um, Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib First Project. Uh, you put that as um, Pinata. Pinata. That that to me that's literally art. That album was. <laughs> I remember listening. To them, I was like, this is, this is art. This is perfection. This is rap and art, perfectly put together. That album to me is. Endless plays, endless endless plays. I love that album. Mm. Well, you read. Um, Are we missing Macklemore and, and Ryan Lewis? The heist. <laughs> <laughs> Asking the only white guy in the studio. <laughs> See how it is. <laughs> uh, yes, that's the answer. Uh, I don't know. So who, who we're missing? Chance. That's another big one. Well, Chance is on there. Is I, that's right. There's oh, no. Okay. There's no Jay Z albums. There's no. So there's no. The every everything is love. There's no. Um, Watch the throne. No, no four four four. 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 Yeah. Right. Hmm. Oh wow. No, Watch the Throne. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, that was a big album. I guess you can you can make the argument that you know it wasn't his decade really. Like this was kind of his legacy decade, mm-hmm. yeah. where he's putting out albums as a legacy artist as opposed to being like the the biggest thing out. So I kind of understand that. Um, no J Cole. No Cole. No yeah. Cole. Yeah. Wait. The, uh. Oh. Oh wait. Can I wait? Can I? Can I be a a, a journalist and ask you guys a question? <laughs> yeah. I sure. want to ask a question. Sure. Um. <laughs> So now that so now that Jay is is entering entering his his fifth decade, what do you think that guy that what what do you think that that means for him as an as an as an artist? Me for him as in terms of like the types of music he'll he'll make in his in his fifties. Mm, I'm not sure we ever get an album from him again, but I think it will be more reflective. Mm. Like I love four 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 because. It was just him, like it was just him putting on game, while also kind of explaining his issues, and I appreciated that. As an artist, it was very much like, "This is what's going through my life now, and here's what I've learned." Um, and so, I would love to like get more music like that from him. Um, and you know, I, I'm good with the whole. I mean, every now and then, yeah, Jay, Jay, you know, stunt, you know, with Beyonce and put out. Was a song he did with the future like woo woo? <laughs> like yeah, that's cool every now and then. But like, like story of OJ, like, like that's that's amazing. That's right. That's like that's jet. That's fine. That's fine wine. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that's what I love. He's, he's getting more personal almost. Yeah, right. right. Like exactly. He's kind of going yes. the opposite yes. trajectory. Which I'm a little fun. concerned though because he did this. He had a dinner recently with Baby Keem and Dave Free. Um, I don't know I what that. that. I don't know what that means music-wise, but like sometimes I, I don't like when Jay tries to like reach the the younger audience or like try to like be cool with them. What? But I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just like, he's trying to be cool with them. I just think like he's the big homie. So what? What's wrong with just being like? I'm having dinner with the young kid who's who's has. That's you know, true. Sort of rock but he, he's thing. also like the biggest. He's the, you know, we don't use industry plant anymore, right? But I guess Baby Keem could be one just because there's so many people that have, like, gravitated towards him and, like, are propping him up. I even 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 tried to interview him, too, but it didn't really work out. But I do like his music, but I just kind of feel like there's just... It doesn't feel organic. I don't know why. Hmm. That's getting... I have to go to... I'd have to go to his show. But I heard his... Like, I heard... I heard his show was great, so... But I also know there's a lot of energy if you went to the show. So yeah. you, just, mm. you just know now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Jay, Jay, Jay Music 50. Would you want to listen to an album at like 55 or 60 or anything? If it's I, like 444, yeah. I will always uh, listen to Jay. Jay would literally put out a CD of farts and I'd be like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to check this out. See what I, see what I can learn. <laughs> like I'm just a dash. I'm, I'm from Jersey. I grew up on Jay. Like... That's one of the first people I, I listened to growing up. So he taught me more than a lot of school. So it's just like, yeah, whatever he comes out, I'm going to bump it. He, he's right. uh, he's shown like a willingness to to try new things too. Yeah. I feel like between the Throne Project, even uh, American Gangster, which was like a kind of theme to it. Um, yeah, that that album has aged well. No, right, yeah. my favorite yeah. album. Right, favorite that album was amazing. So he's he's not the one that's kind of stuck to the same sound as opposed no. to some other older MCs. So that actually, you know, makes me want to check him out more. All right, maybe I do. Okay, he can be the big homie. <laughs> <laughs> how do you guys how do you guys feel about Nas 
um, specifically where he <laughs> is attack. now in his career, <laughs> and and moving. Moving, moving he, forward. He, he needs to never work with Kanye again. <laughs> like never, ever do yeah. that. Just go. Just, just, just life yeah, is man. good. Was one of life is good is like a great album because that's dope. an album you. So dope. That album was just like this is adulthood. Like it yeah, was just. I really liked it. Yeah. Whoa, that's one of the things that like that's levels. You know, Le- like yeah, it's it is, like, yeah. dude, he's talking about like I'm not doing all this other stuff like i'm talking i'm i have daughters yeah <laughs> like i appreciate that so much i think that's what hip-hop is and so like that nas yes mm-hmm. absolutely not scat attack nas I'm, I'm <laughs> what is scat attack it's his song that you put out <laughs> oh the, the, off, the off lost, lost tapes too oh right, right yeah i heard i heard a song off uh lost tapes to queensbridge politics i think yeah. what it's called it was his uh song for prodigy yeah. That was great. Him. Sounded great. Yeah. Like when he gets in his, when he gets in that he, pocket, man. he uh, he's just a slow writer. Maybe like the the Nazir project, he had to do in three weeks. That's just not his style. Not. No. And so that whole yeah. project, he almost sounds off beat, off those kind of uh, more theatrical beats and stuff. But when you hear him on Queensbridge Politics, he just sounds like the same dude yeah. from the nineties. Yeah, just, I thought I thought he sounded dope on Echo. I thought Echo was. Super, super hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the Swiss Beast? Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Nice. Um, so we have a little bit more time left, so we could go to the R&B albums if you guys want to list anything real quick. Oh, yeah. R&B oh, albums? Yeah, 2010s. 2010s? Yeah. Mm. <sighs> uh, I listened to Beyonce 4 again. It's a great album. Beyonce, uh, yeah. Beyonce, I don't think she has a, Like, Formation was the first Beyonce album I think I listened to front to back. Formation? That, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it, this could be honestly um, just some dumb sexy shit, honestly. But, you mean Lemonade? Uh, Lemonade, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah. sorry. Lemonade, Lemonade yeah. was the first album I listened to Beyonce yeah. front and back. Yeah. I was like, whoa. Okay, I get it now. This is, like, you know, it's like Beyonce's Beyonce. But that album, like, I made me sit down, listen. I was like reading the lyrics. And I was tough, like, it's a tough album. Whoa. What about you? What's your favorite R&B album from 2010s? Um, I mean, I like Channel, Channel Orange a lot. Yeah. Channel Orange is, yeah. Yeah. Also, Kaleidos, Kaleidos, uh, Kaleidoscope Dream, Miguel. Yeah. Oh. That album, man. to me, yeah, I forgot about that it's one. Yeah. really, it's <laughs> neck and neck. Like, that album was just, woo. Why McGowan, hasn't Miguel yeah. blown? Up? I don't. I don't understand. Why hasn't he? Why? Why is he not bigger? <laughs> uh, I think it's just because of the the change of, of music. Because I think he he's a huge star, but he may not be Frank Ocean esque level as far as just mystique. Maybe maybe because Frank Ocean. Maybe because Miguel honestly is willing to talk and put out more music. But to me, talent wise, I think they're the same. Like yeah. like that that dude is phenomenally talented his last mm-hmm. album was great like it it's was, really great yeah. like it was really really great yeah that was another that was another split that that um people thought people thought i was i was bugging on that split too mm-hmm. I, I split kendrick and um miguel wow that, it, was like, it was like yo you tripping yeah. <laughs> <laughs> read real quick what about you your favorite r&b album of 2010 uh when did uh so the dream dream was mainly early yeah, that's like high school. Dream yeah. is so good. Yeah, um, Dream is. When was yeah. Love King? 
That might have been before 2010s. Might have been like 2009. Any dream has aged so well. He's he's just, he's just so effortless. I'm immensely talented, man. He's such a good writer. Uh, 2010, oh, Love King. So. Love King's amazing. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he has songs on that that sound like Prince songs. Like he tried to sounds like he tried to make Prince songs. On the, Wait, is is falsetto on that album? Hmm. Uh, can't remember. I know Yamaha is. You want to know Yamaha? <laughs> Yamaha was so good. Uh, uh, no, it's not on this one. I, yeah. I, to- I totally forgot about a couple of things. Um, uh, you got to show Sizzle Control. That oh, album. Yeah. That album oh, yeah. Come on. The, the album was just as big as any album. Kalani, too. Out. You should be here. Uh, yeah. That's a good one, too. Um, Anti. I think that, that Rihanna album. Oh. That album was. <laughs> Still good. Still good. Oh, oh my god. god! Like oh, um, and then I love out of birth out of that. Oh, reality show. Um, Jasmine Sullivan. That album. I played that back excessively. Uh, also, then the birth of Toxic R and B, which is started off with Weekend with House of Balloons, then yeah. Part Next Door, the first one, then Bryson Tiller, the Toxic R and B Kings, right there. <laughs> I've never heard before before them like I guess I I have heard before them but over drums um, them singing about look I know I've done wrong but let me explain (laughs) that's essentially what it is and it's like dude you're like completely wrong and you're trying to make this like yourself a victim those three right there kings (laughs) So, I think right. they're super important. Yeah, I uh, like I like Reckless Weekend, man. I was um, <laughs> yes, I was like I had I had my mom's in the <laughs> in the car one day, um, and um and tell your friends came on, mm. and I was like it was super blasting, and I was just like oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, turn that all the way down. Um, this is such an interesting year for R&B because it kind of like there's been a lot of people who came out and made it their own like I love Kalela like I think she she's done like a really interesting thing with R&B if you count FKA Twigs she kind of like merged a bunch of stuff together Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not traditional but it's just very interesting Um, and then you got Summer I think Summer like it's He's gonna take it. Like yeah. to just her pen game is it, it's stupid. It's just like wh- whoa. So that's really interesting. And then and then the internet like Sid is just like what ego like what's this, what's this album? ego death like that album to me is perfect. And so I just R and B this decade has really kind of you can I'm it's a good argument that R and B is kind of beat up hip hop honestly as far as creativity all right we're gonna we're gonna take it out uh with deep thoughts um jermaine you know what deep thoughts is i don't know what deep thoughts is (laughs) tell me please it sounds great close your eyes and uh listen dear rap writers since our return on august 15th 2018 we've told you about our story our humble beginnings from recording in a basement at a bike shop in bushwick interviewing friends like sean ryan Sperry, Illy, and J. Keen Rec, to upgrading to a pop-up podcast at Red Bull Radio. 
Our engineer, Hassan, was down to record four goofy guys semi-regularly for almost two years. He has become our friend and our spiritual advisor, who knows more about music and hip-hop culture than most experts. Come on the pod someday, bro. This may be my final deep thoughts before the Rap Rider Show goes on another hiatus. Red Bull is no more. Our space is closing down. After consuming enough Red Bulls that our hearts can handle and eating up all the free snacks, the dream is coming to an end. I mean, there's actually boxes to pack equipment in here. After Dan left for Tokyo, we were in search of a new host. While it didn't quite pan out, Reed and Manny gave me the confidence to take on the duties myself. I'm proud to fill Dan's small shoes, and it's been a learning curve for sure. Hopefully, we can continue the show in 2020 on a more frequent basis. I would love to pod with my brothers again. I just want to say thank you to all our guests and listeners. We see and hear your positive feedback, and it only pushes us to plot our next move. Thank you to all our closest friends for your critiques and advice, sharing our episodes on social media, and recognizing us as the Rap Rider Boys. It means a lot that people want to help us succeed. There are a lot of podcasts out there that you can spend your time with. We're happy and appreciative you decided to spend it with me, Reed, Manny, and Hassan. Farewell and goodbye. Amazing. <laughs> Shout out to Dan Small Shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Jermaine, that's our show. Um, where can people follow you? Man, thank you for thank you guys for having me. First of all, I really, really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Um, I'm at Jermaine Hall everywhere, pretty much. Any last words, guys? I totally forgot Solange, seat at the table. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's that's the album. We'll probably play at my wedding. Okay. <laughs> thank God you're here. <laughs> we forgot like 20 albums. <laughs> I wrote a list and that just remembered. But yeah, I love you, Solange. All right, Rap Rider Show. Peace. Boom.